global shortages are causing farm input costs to skyrocket. A better way to farm shows you how to take control of inputs and maximize profits so you can farm the way you want. Now, from America's heartland, here's your host. Are you a silage grower? Are you looking for a way to be better at it? If so, tonight is for you. Rod here at A Better Way to Farm, where we increase yields and improve profits, and we try to do that across all different lines involved in agriculture. Appreciate you tuning in to today's episode. It's an honor to have you here. We're going to talk about silage. Now, growing good silage, making money with silage, there's a bunch that goes into it. You guys know, I think if you've followed us very much, I am very fond of K-State and a lot of the work they do. They do tremendous studies that really are not funded studies. They're just looking for what is better for you. They're looking for a better way. They're our kind of people. And so I've dug into some of their different things there. I've looked up at some other sources to get a grip on some of the things that we can do better. And I want to start out by talking about the side of it that we are strongest in. And then I'm going to go to the side that we are not strongest in, but looks to be very, very important and have a lot of tips and a lot of money that can be made by you. The first thing we want to talk about is getting it off on the right foot. Sometimes some people want to treat silage kind of of the we'll plant it and we'll chop it and we're not going to worry about it persuasion. And the fact of the matter is, if we're going to get that 28, 30, 32 ton to the acre yield, we're going to have to do some work with it. We got to treat it right. You know, if we're cutting silage off the field, hopefully we're taking the manure back because we know that a lack of organic matter and stealing all those nutrients off hurts us. I just had a text today from my good friend Darren. And he's got someone wanting to buy his stover. He doesn't do silage, but they're wanting to buy his stover. And he was discussing the value of that. And it's several hundred dollars per acre. Now, if you're growing silage, obviously you're taking it to a feedlot. You're putting it for a dairy, whatever it is. One of the things that would be good is if you can get that back because of the nutrient value and the organic matter that are in there to help you. When we're going to get this off and running, we've taken care of the soil, we've replaced our starter, we've put in the micros that we need, and in a silage crop, we absolutely want to look at plant growth regulators. We have a cytokinin product that guys are very excited about. They know they get a jacked up response with that, that they get a tremendous yield increase, multiple tons to the acre because they use those cytokinins because it makes the leaf get better, it makes it get bigger. When we get bigger leaves, we get more tonnage. It also increases the grain, so we raise the quality of the silage that we're getting, the feed value there when we do that. We also want to take a look at, at we have the plant growth regulator that has the endobutyric acid and the gibberellic acid in it together. That has shown tremendous results, applying it at about V5 at a 2X rate on that's about $8 an acre. And we've seen significant tonnage increase on that too. So there are several things there that we can can take a look at. Obviously, corn responds well to a fuller feed, doing it at the right time, using the right product at the right rate. We're going to get a really good response. And so we want to make sure that we're doing everything we can on the production side. I'm not going to dig into that very deep tonight because that's we're going to talk more about that at the Fundamentals of Agronomy training that you guys can come to. And the focus of our deal tonight is what do we do with it after we get it grown? It's time to start harvesting. What do we look at? Well, one of the things that I came across, and it came across in several different places, and they talk about the fact that the shrink of silage is way too high. As a matter of fact, they called it shrinkonomics. And they said that in the United States today, it is estimated that 16 to 20% of all silage put up will be lost due to shrink. 
Guys, we're talking about somewhere between $1.1 and $1.3 billion in feed inventory that's just tossed. And I don't care if you're putting up one small bag or 14 huge bunkers or somewhere in between, you don't want to give up that 16 to 20%. And they talked about, like everything else in agriculture, oftentimes it isn't one thing that takes care of us. It's 2% here and 3% there and 2% over here. So what do we do? How do we handle this to make sure that we're not giving up those 2% all over the board? You know, because we do that eight times and we're 16 to 20%. A couple threes, a few twos, and boom, there you are. And a fifth of your crop is gone. We went to all the expense to grow it. We went to all the expense to chop it. Let's figure out what we've got to do in order to keep it. Let's process it. The number one thing that was talked about in both of these studies that I'm referring to tonight, inoculants should be applied to every load of silage. Every one. Research backs this practice, and inoculants can reduce the shrink anywhere from 2 to 4%. So if we want to reduce the shrink, and we can come out of here, and we can do that, we can save 2 to 4% right off the top just by using a good inoculant. And not all inoculants are created equal. And let me share with you something that I believe to be a marketer's line. Because I still run across people and they say, well, my guy said I can take this dry powder product and we can dump a load on there and I can just throw some out by my hand and we can dump a load and I can throw some out by hand. Guys, you're kidding yourself. You know, I believe the 11th commandment is thou shalt not kid thyself. Guys, the guys that tell you that, they'll probably tell you lies about other things too. Get away from them. Why? Because the inoculant only impacts the amount of silage that it comes in contact with. Therefore, what does that mean? That means we need an inoculator on that chopper. And this is one place you guys know for hay. I do not like a dry powder inoculant because every time that bale plunger does this, the powder falls on the ground and we're inoculating the dirt. You know that when we're spinning, if it's a big round baler, sometimes that spins out. On a hay situation, I want a liquid. On a silage situation, because of the way the blower is set up, I don't care if you're using a liquid or you're using a powder. Either one will work. Just make sure you've got a good applicator. I don't care if it's a candy box. I don't care if it's a liquid applicator. But we do that. If you're blowing it into a bag or a silo and you don't want to put it on with a chopper, you can put it on at the blower. So you've got a lot of options here. But the important thing is put it on. Now, if you're going into a big pit or you're just putting out a big pile, now we have to put it on with the chopper. But the fact is, guys, we're talking about 2 to 4% savings. Now, some of these, I looked at an interesting study. I believe it was done, I can't remember if it was University of Kentucky or University of Wisconsin, one or the other. But what they were looking at was when they went out and they applied this, how did they do? What kind of response do they get? One of the things that we want to do on that silage is very quickly, we want to drop the pH. Now, the interesting thing was, and I was very encouraged by this, they tested seven products, and every product did better than the control. So every single product worked. And I say that, guys, because that's relevant to you. You know you're going to get some response by using these products. The product that we have was the number one product. It dropped the pH the fastest, and it held it. Some of the inoculants would drop it pretty fast, but then it would creep back up on them a little bit. Ours dropped it and held it at a flat line. And that's what we're after because when we don't have that pH be too high, when we can start that ensiling process quicker, then all of a sudden what happens? We have less juice running out down over the hill. And guys, that's feed value. That is the last thing we want. We don't want to see anything running away 
from that silage. We'd like to hang on to every ounce of that and get every dime's worth of feed value out of it that we can. And so that number one thing, they also said, putting this into a dairy, they said that on a herd with average production, they were using 80 pounds per cow per day. The DM intake of 53 pounds, a corn silage DM intake of 16 pounds equals a milk, and using a milk price of $16 per hundred weight and $60 a ton but for silage, they said that reducing the shrink just by one and a half percent would increase your net income per cow 12 cents a day. If you could reduce the shrink by 3%, you could increase your income on every cow somewhere between 20 and 22 cents per day per cow. That's pretty significant. And what do we want to do? We want to make sure that we're taking care of that. They also talked about density. Both of these places, and actually I looked at about five, but only printed two of them off. But everybody talked about density. It is not a question. There isn't a question, does inoculation work? It works, okay? It's going to save you 2 to 4%. In a dairy, it's going to make you 10, 15, 20, 22 cents a day per cow. That's kind of significant. They also know that being able to pack this tight enough to get the density down there, you can save another 5%. So if we can save up to 4% with an inoculant and we can save 5% by packing it tight enough, now, all of a sudden, we've got 9% right there. Boom, just two things, just two things that we had to do different. And all of a sudden, we're making more money. You know, again, we went through the effort to grow it. Let's save it. These guys talked about the fact of adding the importance of adding a second pack tractor. If you're only running one, you add that second tractor. They said that on the operation they were at, it was going to cost about 5,200 bucks. They were figuring a buck 50 per ton. And so by using that second tractor, they were able to get a layer that was about six inches thick as opposed to nine. And as a result of doing that, it makes a significant difference. You know, when we have shrink or loss and we're losing $1.3 billion in the United States, that kind of seems like such a waste. And we would like to go in there and improve upon that. The next thing they talked about, and I'm probably going to come back to the packing again here in a little bit, but I want to talk about some research that was done at K-State. Uh, it was a multi-year study. It ran from 89 to 2000, so that's a long time, 11 years. And it was funny because the number one guy that they did the study on his farm, he was already a believer in it, but several of his neighbors were getting on him, and they said, man, you're crazy for covering those silo pits. That's what he had was big pits or you know big piles. They said, you're absolutely crazy to do that. And his response was, and this is a quote, I can pay doctors and lawyers to cover my pits and still make money. And guys, I'm not here to have an argument. I'm not here to tell you, you got to do anything, nothing like that. I'm just telling you the information that I'm finding and I'm bringing it to you. I would encourage you guys, when we bring you a subject, don't be afraid to research it on your own. Some people, they just want to sit down and they want to argue because it's not what they're doing. I just want to encourage you, be open, look for alternatives, look for ways that will make you more money. And when this guy was talking about the fact that he could pay doctors and lawyers to cover his pits, I think he was pretty sincere about that. And he figured out right off the bat that there was big money in that, and that's why he was doing it. Now, if you're blowing it into a bag or you're putting it into an upright, obviously that takes care of itself, and we don't have to worry about that. But I just want to encourage you, taking a look at how you can cover that can really make a big difference. They talked the fact about when they were using just standard plastic, the amount that they lost was about the top 34 inches. 
that if we've got a great big pile and a great big pit, we lose a bunch off the top. By covering it with the Silo Stop brand, not all things appear to be created equal. All of a sudden, using that improved pH and improved fermentation, and it cut down on spoilage. And as a matter of fact, they figured out that it actually cut down on loss about half. So all of a sudden, instead of losing 34.8, now we're only losing 17. And when we see that significant change in there, we're going to make a lot more money. I just want to encourage you guys that this might be something that's worth looking at for you that might make you some extra money. You know, as we grow silage, like everything else on the farm, I want to spend a few minutes here talking about this. Because as we grow silage, we know that farming is risky. We have a large organization of people that we have the honor to get to work with. And, and every year we have one, two, three accidents and someone either gets hurt very bad or they get killed. And that's heartbreaking to see a farmer lose his life or be injured or to see a child on the farm get hurt. So I want to take a few minutes here and let's talk about the fact that we want to reduce shrink. Let's talk about the fact that we want to improve feed conversion. Let's talk about the fact we want to lower the cost of gain. Let's talk about the fact that we want to increase milk production while lowering feed cost. Those are all good, and we should do that. And guys, if we will look at these three things, there's a bunch of money to be made here. Number one, let's reiterate, we're going to inoculate. Number two, if we're not blowing it into a bag or an upright, we're going to pack it. And then we're going to pack it again, and we're going to pack it one more time. And I know in the heat of the moment, it's really hard because we're just trying to get done. The semis are running. They're doing hot laps as fast as they can. We're always trying to beat the weather. The custom chopper wants to get out of here and go to the next place because that guy's screaming at him. I get all of that. And that's why sometimes we need to add that second pack tractor so we can do that. So that's the next thing. And then the third thing is, if we're not putting it in a bag or an upright, we need to consider covering it. Covering it with just plain plastic will help. That is significantly better than nothing. Some of the, there are actual products out here that are built for this and they've got the data on them. Do some research guys and say, okay, which one of these is going to work best and how am I going to make the most money? All of that being said, let's go to the other side. Farming is dangerous beyond the shadow of a doubt. And I looked at some of the photos that they have here, some of the headlines that they have, and it was really kind of sad. It talked about a boy being buried in a feed pile, died. It was 20 minutes before they could get him out, and he didn't make it. And guys, we want to be very careful with our kids, and we got to know that a pit is no place for a kid to play. It's cool. It's an attractive nuisance. That's the term the insurance company has when you leave a ladder up against your house, and some kid walking down the street goes, oh, that'd be fun, and he climbs it, and then he falls and gets hurt. Or you have a swimming pool without a cover, or without a fence, and some kid falls in because it was an attractive nuisance. A pit with a sheer wall? Let's be honest, when we were kids, wouldn't it have been cool to climb that to see if you could make it? Probably weren't going to make it. You're going to go partway up and slide back down. Heck, the slide down's kind of fun, but the fact is that's an attractive nuisance. And so we want to make sure that we've got this gated. We want to make sure we're doing the things that we can do to keep it safe. Let's also realize that you know, all of the choppers, all of the blowers, all of that stuff is no place to be careless. It's no place for the loose clothing. It's no place for a young person. It's no place to take a chance. Take that extra second, take that extra time and make it happen. They actually had a picture of someone with a payloader who was working on a huge, huge, huge stack and the payloader actually got buried. I think that guy was fortunate enough to make it, 
But the fact of the matter is, this is dangerous. And we want to pay attention to what we're doing. And we want to make sure that we are not taking risks. Guys, farming is a business of taking risks. There's no question about that. Every year, we take all the money that we have. We put it to the middle of the table. And we risk it all. And we plant another crop. Or we have another calf herd operation. Or we do whatever it is. But we do it again. And we do it again. And we do it again. And it's a risk. It's a financial risk. But there's risks that we don't have to take. No different than we can do things to mitigate the risk on growing a crop by getting the right fertility under it and letting it be more drought tolerant, more stress tolerant. We can reduce the stress of farming just by not taking risks and getting hurt. That two minutes that we save that costs someone a severe injury or costs someone a life is not worth it. And I want to really drive this point home, guys, because at the end of the day, Here's what I want you to remember. I'm going to read this. This is actually a quote. It was Keith Bolson, who's a PhD at K-State. He said, here's your take-home message from all of this, guys, and it's mine too. It's really not about shrink loss. It's really not about feed conversion. It's not about cost of gain. It's not about milk over feed cost. It's about sending everyone in your silage program home to their family safe every day. We have the Fundamentals of Agronomy programs coming up. They're going to be getting fired up here in the month of December. We look forward to having a bunch of you guys come and join us, take a look at what we do and say, hey, here's how we can make some more money next year in 2024. We'd love that opportunity. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can always send us a message on Facebook. You can send us a text at 641-919-1206, or you can call us. We actually do answer the phone. I'm always amazed the people that call and I say hello, and they're like, oh, wow, I really didn't think you were going to answer the phone. We do. About 60 to 100 times a day. We love talking to new people. Anything we can do for you, we want to do it. Guys, thanks for tuning in just here and available, letting us be a little bitty part of your day and your farming operation. We appreciate you very much. And guys, we really do hope you're having a better day. You're listening on the Verbal Crowd Network. Find more great shows at verbalcrowd.com.